Welcome to Vincent Price's Laugh. Good evening, LB. Hey, Andrew. What have we got on our plate this evening? Well, since it's November, how about we watch a Thanksgiving horror movie? Planes, trains, and automobiles. What? Dutch. Huh? Mixed nuts. What's that? Blood Rage! Also known as Nightmare at Shadow Woods. Picture this, everyone. It's nighttime at a local drive-in. Dudes are looking to score. Chicks are looking to, I guess, also score. People are making popcorn. People are buying popcorn. Somebody buys condoms from Ted Raimi. Ted Raimi? Yeah. It's 1974 and all is A-OK. Twin boys have fallen asleep. They're about 11 years old in the back of their mom's station wagon. While their mom, Louise Lasser, is in the front seat with her beau, uh, contemplating getting it on with them. The two boys sneak out, find a humping couple, and hack the dude's face to pieces. No, not the two boys, just one of the boys. And then he turns around and pins it on his brother in front of everybody else. And that's the beginning of Blood Rage. And it just gets crazier from there. Ten years later, we meet Louise Lasser. This is just crazy. This introduction ten years later is crazy <laughs> with the psychiatrist. Right. I'm saying the word crazy because there's a lot of actually mental illness and stuff going on in this film. But the doctor, psychiatrist, psychoanalyst, whatever, is narrating this thing. And it makes it, to me, it makes it feel a little bit like the town that dreaded sundown. Oh, with the voiceover? Yeah. Dr. Berman's patient consultation notes, November 22nd, 1984. Saw Maddie Simmons, Todd's mother, for the first time today. I don't think she was quite prepared for what I told her. Yeah, it's a weird choice. So it's as if the doctor is reading from her notes about what has just transpired. She's informing the mother, Louise Lasser, about her son, who... Who the murder was pinned on. Right. He's starting to remember things. As he saw the murder happen, he snapped and went catatonic. Right. And now, ten years later, as he's becoming an adult, he's sort of snapping out a little bit. Things are becoming clearer to him. And he remembers that he didn't murder anybody. Right. <laughs> hey, that was actually my brother. What the heck Terry. is up with that? Terry did it, not Terry me. and Todd. So Todd is the accused. Mm-hmm. Terry is the actual murderer. Right. So we see on screen how the scene that she's describing is playing out. But we don't really hear too much dialogue or anything. No. We just hear the voiceover. Right. So... It's it's strange because it sets up the film to have this narration. And it seems documentary-ish when right. that happens. Right, and that's why you mentioned The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Because it's a false documentary. Right, but after that scene is complete... There's no more yeah, narration. that's all. That's all. So... Yeah, it's, it's a very odd choice. The psychiatrist shows up later in the film, and they don't keep that choice running. I no. mean, it doesn't. It wouldn't serve a purpose anyway. But thematically, they could have possibly tried. Maybe they did <laughs> behind the scenes. I don't know. Maybe this movie is incredibly gory. Yeah, that's what it's known for. It's known for by very few people, I think. I only just learned of this movie. We were at Target, and we found what I call the treasure end cap. I always go, I'm going to go look at the treasure. Because it's like digging for treasure. It's where all the online returns are put at, in, in that store, in the electronics. So it's the DVDs and CDs and video games and stuff. And I found this Blu-ray, and I was like, what is... what?" 
What is this doing here? Because this is a, this is like, it's an Arrow release, Arrow America. And I was like, this is why, this is like Criterion. What is this doing here? This is the Criterion of Schlock. Why is this here? I don't get it. Oh, it says online return. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that wasn't the first time I heard of it. That put it back on the radar for me. So we watched it. Yeah, so what we thought was notable about that when we saw it in the store was, this is a Thanksgiving horror movie. What are the... The Thanksgiving horror movies. I mean, a lot of them are like Gobbleneck. I don't know. Um, that that could be actually yeah, a really probably. good scary <laughs> monster, <laughs> a bad slasher oh. monster name. Hey, I'm Gobbleneck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Hack, 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 hack. Yeah. But no, there are very few slasher, horror, anything set around Thanksgiving. Right. And this one is, but it's only briefly mentioned. Well, the phrase, that's not cranberry sauce, is pounded into our heads. It's not cranberry sauce. That isn't cranberry sauce, Artie. That is not cranberry sauce. It's not cranberry sauce, Artie. It's not cranberry sauce. Right, like that should be a catchphrase for all of us. Yeah, anytime we see blood. That's not cranberry sauce. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the running Thanksgiving gag in the film. Yeah. So they're having this uh, bizarro Thanksgiving dinner, and it's not really bizarre yet. It becomes bizarre when the mother receives a phone call from the mental institution, which she refers to as his school. Yes. That Todd has escaped. And he could be coming home. Yes. So Terry takes this as an opportunity to kill everybody. Yeah. One by one or couple by couple or whatever. Just shrug. Yeah, it turns into your normal slasher movie. No, I don't know if it's normal. I don't think it's normal. (laughs) It's not. Well, as far as just, you know, killing people for no reason. Oh, sure, yes. It is the thing that we often find. It's just the execution, no pun intended. We often find the monster or the killer with no motivation to be the most terrifying. Mm-hmm. So this does have that. There's Nothing's ever explained. Well, you can make assumptions. I, I guess he's scared that since Todd's going to be there, that he's going to expose him. Sure, that, but the initial. He just hacked a dude in the face as an 11-year-old kid. He hacked oh, him right. in the face. Oh, okay, yeah. There's no motivation for that. And then he pins it on his brother, except maybe he just wanted his brother out of the picture, but he couldn't murder somebody who looked just like him. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, that's that's assuming stuff. I guess so. I, at the drive-in, he pulls the hatchet out of the back of some guy's pickup. And he looks at it, and he kind of gets this, you know, glint in his eye. Hmm. Like, all of a sudden, he's like, oh, I know what to do with this. Hack. Hack. There's no motivation right there. We have nothing. So that's the scary part. It's just the execution of everything. It's kind of funny. Yeah. And, and, and blunt. No, also no pun intended. It's now I personally I'm not a huge slasher fan. I'm not into gore. I'm not a gore hound. I'm not into cool kills or or anything. But this movie has a lot of gore and it's really funny and very entertaining and relentless. Yeah, like he's so matter of fact about every time he tries to kill somebody. He's just hey. <laughs> Sometimes it's just hey. Hack cut. <laughs> He pals around with the guy who he's going to kill next. Terry, right? Yeah. You're uh, Dr. Berman's friend. Yeah. Damn, you guys look so much alike. It's it's frightening. Hey, I'm really sorry about what happened back at the house. Well, that's all right. Damn, you guys sure look a lot alike. Hey, Dr. Berman told me to relax, so I was relaxing. <laughs> hey, you want a hit? Sure. Thanks. You know what else Dr. Berman told me? Mm-mm. What? She told me that Todd never killed anybody. And then he kills right. someone. Like... Right. Right. 
<laughs> it's just too bizarre. And the twins are played by one guy. Right. At the beginning, they're played by twins because they had access to twins and they needed to have them in the scene together side by side so that the whole framing on screen. But our lead actor plays both Terry and Todd. He's actually pretty good as two different characters. They're actually very quite different, his portrayal of each brother. Looks like you're going to get a chance to meet the rest of the family. My psychotic brother just escaped. You seem nice. I've never kissed a girl before. Oh, yeah? Well, um, you really ought to try it sometime. I gotta go. Bye. That's true. The actor's name is Mark Soper, and he was in Knott's Landing. Oh, this is before Knott's Landing. Yeah. I didn't watch Knott's Landing. Neither did I. That's a soap opera for adults in the evening. I was too busy watching the A-Team. Yeah, I was probably doing the same. And Alf. Yes. Yeah, it's really cool how he differentiates between the two characters. The manner of speaking, body language, facial expressions. Hair? Yeah. Oh, uh, no, honestly, hair. One, It's like feathered hair style for Terry, who's kind of a preppy dude, and it's disheveled for Todd, the escapee. And it does a world of difference. It really does. Now, Blood Rage did have the alternate title, Nightmare at Shadow Woods. The film was shot in 1983. However, it was not released theatrically until 1987. This is mind-boggling to me. This is weird, because 1983 fashions, they really reminded me of 1987 fashions, <laughs> and it was actually shot for years prior to its release. It's really weird to me because I'm commenting without knowing this information. Yeah, that looks like 1987. Either I'm completely full of it, <laughs> which is possible. I'm often full of it. Or they really were like, what do the super rich yuppie types, because they're in a kind of a yuppie community, maybe those folks are like ahead of where everybody else was by three years or something. Maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think the home decor was particularly 1987. I, I feel that was in early 80s, like in all the couches. And, sure, yeah. And yeah. they all had shag carpeting still. I'm basically talking about all of the pleats. <laughs> the pleated pants. The pleats and polos. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. And the skinny tie. Yeah. So that stuff really seemed like it was 87-ish, not 83-ish to me. That's why it's blowing my mind that they shot this movie four years earlier. Uh, so the, the theatrical release was under the title Nightmare at Shadow Woods. And then later, when it came out on VHS home video, they used the title Blood Rage. What do you think of the titles? I really think Blood Rage is a better title because it's dramatic. Yeah. It alludes to the gore of the film, which is the core of the film. Ooh, rhyming. Rhyming. <laughs> and also the family motif, which is blood, you know. Oh, right. You know, family is yeah. your blood. Okay. And then the weird sort of, I don't, I don't want to say revenge, because it's not really a revenge film, but it's like this madness rage. So, yeah. blood rage. Got it. Yeah. And Nightmare at Shadow Woods is just a TV movie title. Right. Shadow Woods is the name of their community. Yeah. The, what is it? Condominiums? I think it's condos. It's got a tennis court. It's got an indoor pool. Yeah. Seems possibly nice to live there. Kind of. It right. seems also a little bit wooded, but not totally. 
Yeah. It's got some trees here and there. Yeah. It actually feels like just the vibe I get from looking at that place. It seems more like a retreat place than an actual place to live. But whatever. What do I know? <laughs> Sometimes I'm full of it. <laughs> That's the second time you've said that. Mm-hmm. So, Andrew, what are some of your favorite parts of Blood Rage? The wiggling hand in the can, which is also on the Blu-ray cover. The special effects in this are definitely silly. Yeah, you can't take them seriously. It's like a step above a haunted house that you would go to. Yeah, it's just this side of silly to make all the kills not make you feel bad. <laughs> no character actually deserves to die in this film. There's, It's not one of those sort of, there's a butthole character here, there's a, a skanky person over there, there's drug dealers here and there and whatever. Nobody deserves to die. Well, there's a girl who definitely likes to party. Yeah. <laughs> Is that your favorite character? Maybe. Because she teaches another girl how to drink tequila properly. Because she knows how to party. She mentions that she likes to party a lot. Then all I want to do is party and play tennis. Partying. If you're really serious about doing some partying, let's go back to my place. Yeah, absolutely. What's your favorite bit? Well, I have a few, but firstly, I want to talk about the score. Oh, well, that's actually my entirely the favorite part of this movie is the score. It's really cool. You've been hearing bits and pieces, most likely. done a few other horror scores. He's a horror scorer. <laughs> uh, you may have heard his work on Shockwaves or a movie that I really can't stand called Don't Go in the House. Don't watch that movie. Yeah. Don't go in that house to watch that movie. <laughs> Don't go in the house and sit down at the couch and turn on the television and put on Amazon Prime and watch that movie. Don't. Don't do it. It's got nothing to do with not going into that house. It's just, what is this? Anyway, that's a digression. This score is actually really good. Oh, you know how I always like, where's that 80s score that all these synth bands nowadays are like emulating? They don't exist really. And the, the, sure, there's Tangerine Dream every once in a while. They have something kind of like these modern synth bands who are retro wave yeah. or whatever. This movie is really close to that sound. Yeah, that's true. There's... Everybody has this ideal, like, John Carpenter score, and you ask, hey, so other than John Carpenter, what movies had this kind of score? And then you go, um... Uh, um, the thing... No, uh, it's about John Carpenter. Um, oh, oh, but but in the mountain... No. no, that's John Carpenter. That, that was actually uh, more rocky guitars. Mm. Um, and it was also John Carpenter. Uh, uh, but, so it's always John Carpenter. comes down to John Carpenter... Or, like I said, Tangerine Dream, but they don't do much horror. They do, like, serious thriller sort of things for Michael Mann. Yeah, but Richard Einhorn totally exists in that world. Yeah. And should be given more credit. So if anybody asks you, name somebody other than John Carpenter that makes this kind of 80s horror, like, synth, synth dark type. Synth wave, whatever. Music stuff. <laughs> you can say Richard Einhorn. Richard Einhorn in Blood Rage. Yeah. 
it's awesome. It totally sticks with you. Yeah, it's it's actually <laughs> what we want when we watch these yeah. types of movies. We want that. We don't want violins. We don't want more string type instruments. We want electronic stuff with a throbbing, pulsing beat. Yes. The other thing I like about it is the mother, Louise Lasser. Yeah. She's freaking incredible. All right, so you and I, our anniversary movie is... Sleepaway Camp. And there's this mother character in that movie who is just the most perplexing performance I've ever seen until... Blood Rage. <laughs> that number is in working order? Oh, no, 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 that's impossible. It's impossible. You must have dialed the wrong number. No, he's definitely there. Could you please just recheck that number for me? Because this is a real emergency. Look, you don't seem to understand. This is a real emergency. This is a real emergency. I mean, he is definitely there. He is waiting for my call right now. He is sitting there and waiting for my call. This is very important. Operator, I am begging you. This is a real, real emergency. I would say that her performance definitely rivals that of Sleepaway Camp Mom. Right. Well, the Sleepaway Camp Mom is deliberately doing this odd performance. And that's what's great about it. Because she's, she's zeroed in, she's focused, and she knows what she's doing. And it's perfect, and it's strange, and I love it. But Louise Lasser, on the other hand, what is she doing? Does she know she's being so weird? Is it as directed? Or is it, I don't know what to do with this actress. Just do something. Is it a director letting the actress do? What is she doing? And it is bonkers. They keep cutting back to her at certain points in the movies and she's doing one indicative thing after another of somebody going through crazy stress. Yeah. She's stress eating. She's stress cleaning. She's drinking a lot of wine and dialing the phone neurotically. At the same time, she's pouring the wine and dialing the phone, and it's a really <laughs> yeah. funny scene. It doesn't sound like it's too funny when I say that, but it's hilariously funny. She keeps pouring the wine and dialing, yeah. and it's just so funny. The only thing in this film that she does not do is, like, chain smoke cigarettes. Yeah, that's what she doesn't do. But her voice sounds like she does, yeah. so maybe it's just off screen. Maybe off, yeah. But it's, it's an incredible performance, and I don't know if it's good or bad. <laughs> it's so confusing. She's so emotional. We don't want to give away the ending, but the ending is just... What? what? But you just... Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Why are you doing that? What is that? What? Uh, oh. Uh. Well, what are you going to do now, Todd? <laughs> Speaking of Todd, well, Terry, the same actor. Yeah. I thought sometimes he sounded like Jerry Seinfeld. Hey, come back. I want to, I just want to get to know you. I just want to hang out. Come on. And stab you. Maybe hack you to pieces. Come on. <laughs> That's pretty good. Sort of like he did that. He's running after his girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's an exaggeration, but... <laughs> he yeah. kind of did that. Uh, He's totally out of his mind. He's killing people all over the complex. Come on, we've got to stop. No! Let's, let's just go to your house and call the police. Call the police? Yes, this thing has gotten totally out of hand. You're right, it has gotten totally out of hand. That's what we'll do, we'll call the police. They'll know what to do, they'll figure it out. I like my impression skills, not very good. <laughs> Is there anything you didn't like about this film? 
actually, a lot of the the camera work and that kind of direction, it's not very inventive. It's yeah, not, it's not very, that interesting. Yeah, it's not interesting. It's not inventive. It doesn't it doesn't stalk. It doesn't. You guys probably know what I like when I talk about camera work and stuff. I want the camera to be a part of the movie, be a character of the movie, not just kind of cameras looking at thing. Yeah. I want it to move with a purpose, and it, it just doesn't. And that's what I don't like, mostly. The supporting acting isn't that good, but it goes pretty well with this type of movie. So that's no big deal. It's mostly just the visual camera work, the visual stuff. Ah, what I didn't like about it, there's a setup for a final girl that does not follow through to be a final girl, and I wish that it had. But if it had, it would have, a better writer, would have made it work. But as it, it is written, it would have kind of come out of nowhere and our heroes and the situation with Todd and Terry when they face off and then the mother entering the scene, mm-hmm. that would not have most likely played out the way it did. That's true. You know, you mentioned writing. Yeah. The person who wrote this film, his name is Bruce Rubin. And if you read some reviews of this film, maybe on the uh, the IMDb mm-hmm. or something, you'll see a lot of reviews saying, hey, this film was written by Bruce Rubin. He's like really cool and Oscar winning. And he wrote the movie Ghost. And he wrote Jacob's Ladder. And he wrote Deadly Friend. And he wrote all these cool Wait, movies. Wait, de- he wrote Deadly Friend? Yeah. That's not very cool. That's it's kind of a lame movie. Well... Yeah. You know, I mean, he wrote it's a genre all, movie, but he yeah. wrote he wrote all this cool stuff and he won an Oscar. And you know what? That's not the Bruce Rubin who wrote this movie. The Bruce Rubin who wrote this movie also wrote the movie Zapped. Well, Zapped's got boobs in it, and so does this movie. <laughs> yeah. So he used a pseudonym though for this film, uh, Richard Lambden. It gets he the writing credit. Doesn't want his name associated with this film. For whatever reason, I would take this movie over Zapped any day. Yeah, me too. Or Zapped again? How about Zapped again? No, no thanks. No? No. no. Okay. Mm -mm. Okay. I'd take Blood Rage. (laughs) Put my name on Blood Rage, please. Yeah, I'm really surprised about how much I liked this movie. I did not expect... Like I said, I'm not really a slasher fan. I watch slashers, and they're fine. But it's not my core of horror being... You're a ghost girl. Yeah, that's true. I'm a ghost. Ooh, I'm a ghost. Ooh. But this one was really fun, and I thought it was going to be... Like, I really pictured a film that was going to suffer from really long, boring parts, or like, oh, in, or right. like no, it in between parts, or, you know, it didn't have any of that. It just did its thing and went. Yeah, complete, it's completely pretty, kept my attention. Rather brisk, even the... Even the so-called downtimes, no, it's pretty brisk. There were some off-screen kills only to cut to the aftermath, which is just ridiculous. And it's during those downtime moments where those scenes happened, and then you cut to. And so you need those downtime moments of, like, juxtaposition, you know? Yeah. So there is a little bit of skill behind this film. A little bit. Enough to watch and enjoy. So I think it's pretty safe to say that we both would recommend this movie to everybody. Yeah, except, like, my parents. (laughs) (laughs) Mom and Dad, happy Thanksgiving. What are you making me watch? (laughs) Andrew. Yeah, that that one fly. So we'll leave you with that. Check this flick out. It's kind of a pricey buy if you hunt it down, find it from Arrow, USA. But if you can find it cheaper, do it. 
watch it, enjoy it. All right, so before we go, quick note, make sure to check out our Facebook, our Twitter, our Instagram. You can Google it all, Vincent Price's Laugh. Follow us on iTunes, leave us a rating or a review. We would love you so much if you did. Even if it's a bad review, at least we'll know that you're there listening. And thank you for listening on this Thanksgiving episode. Indeed. Just make sure that's cranberry sauce. Good night. Good night. This podcast is brought to you by Ouch My Ego. Visit OuchMyEgo.com. Hey, I'm Gobbleneck. <laughs>